0: Well, it's a great blessing for us to be here today in Bristol. We've got some great verses to read and uh, hopefully pass out some tracks. The whole purpose of our group being here today is to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not interested in preaching religion. We have no desire to get people to join our group or the church, the body of Christ. If you join the church, if you join the body of Christ, that's a supernatural act. I can't give you everlasting life, and I can't stop you having everlasting life. It's an arrangement between man and God. But the Lord wants us to preach. He told the Apostles to go into the, whole, uh, go into the whole world and preach the Gospel to every creature, which means Jew and Gentile. And if you stick around for the next few moments, you may get, a, hopefully, an interesting Bible study. But we deal with reality. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where people do their own thing. In fact, just a few days ago there was an awful shooting in Las Vegas. Nearly 60 people were shot dead. They went to see a concert and to their shop. They didn't return home. They thought that perhaps their entire lives were ahead of them. And some fruitcake got a gun. And of course you know the rest if you follow the news. Life is very precious. You hear one moment and you go on the next. But my uh, verse, which I want to uh, look at today, is from Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, and it says, from uh, chapter four, verse five: "For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Christ Jesus the Lord." And ourselves, your servants, for Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Christ Jesus, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's a great verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you want to get on the right side of God, you need to know his son. If you want to be close to the Queen of England, for example, it helps if you know one of her children. The Bible says that God has one son, one only begotten son. And therefore, to know Almighty God, you need to know His Son. Or, of course, you have the other option. You can arrive in eternity, stand in the presence of the Lord, and tell Him what a great man you were, what a great woman you were. But picture this if you will. Let's say you live to 70 or 75. And you've broken the law of the land, say, 50,000 times, and I'm being conservative, and... You find yourself in a courtroom. You've got the judge there. You've got the prosecuting attorney. And within five minutes of arriving, you know you're in trouble. You haven't kept the law. You've been a law breaker. And the uh, prosecuting attorney makes the case that because you have broken the law, there are consequences. And you think to yourself, I can't sort this out, I'm in trouble. And then someone steps in and says, I'll cover This person's fine. Well, for the scripture, we would suggest that's the saviour. He died in your place. And I guess if you know anything about Christianity, you know enough about Christ. It says he was uh, the just. The just died for the unjust. The scripture says, what must I do to be saved? And the Bible says to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't miss it. Unless, of course, you want to miss it. You believe on him, you receive him and he dies in your place. And maybe I'll discuss that more over the next little while. But this is our first day here in Bristol. It's a very nice city. It's a very spread out city. And the weather is very kind at the moment. And our purpose for the next few days, Lord willing, is to preach Christ Jesus crucified. To preach the Lord. We're not interested in religion. You may find people here that are Jehovah's Witnesses perhaps Mormons, maybe Charismatics, maybe Calvinists, and they are here to push their church. They are here to push their religion. That's not what this is about. We want to preach about Christ Jesus crucified. We want to preach about what he did for us. When we speak about love, people think, well, my wife loves me, or my husband loves me, or my mother loves me, or my father loves me. But to really define love, you need to look at a person And that man, of course, is Christ Jesus. So like I say, life is very precious. You hear one moment and you go on the next. And the scripture says that the road to hell is wide. And you might say, well, what is hell? Well, the Bible says that hell is a place under the ground. The Bible says that hell was made for the devil and his angels. And you say, why would hell need to exist? Well, because people aren't good. If people aren't good, where can they go? If you break the law of the land, and you come into contact with a good decent judge, you know what has to take place. Punishment, judgment. And yet the judge has discretion. If he wants to give you a fine, or he may want to release you on certain grounds, certain conditions, that's good news. But see, when you break the law, Of the land, or when you break the law of God, if you have any notion of right and wrong, you know that someone somewhere has to pay the consequences. And I could say this I could say that on average there are around 30,000 religions in the world today, and yet the reality is there's only two religions. There's one religion which says, if I do this, or if I do that, or if I don't do this, or if I don't do that, I might make it to heaven, paradise, call it what you will. And there's the other religion which says this, that your righteousness is as filthy rags. There isn't a just man on the face of the earth that does good and doesn't sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I would say one of the worst sins Today, for the 21st century, is secularism. Unbelief. People have been deceived into believing that there isn't a God. People believe, and it's hard to say this, but they believe that we evolved by chance. And they have been sold a lie by certain people who have an agenda, shall we say. And yet when you question evolution, or you question atheism, and you use basic logic, it collapses. But you see, you're taught something from a very young age. You're taught something from the moment you go to school, and by the time you are in your teens, you've pretty much been sold a package. And you don't think to question it. The Bible says that if you seek the Lord with with, uh, with all of your heart, you will find him. He's not far from anyone who would want to receive him. It's a free gift. But we'll be here for the next little while. We have tracts to give out. We have some Bibles to give out. Should anybody want something or would like to receive something from us? The greatest gift that God could and ever did give us was his son, a perfect man who never sinned. Now you know you can't say that about yourself. You may deceive yourself, you may delude yourself, but if you're honest with yourself, you know that you have sinned. You probably lied. And the Bible says that a liar will not inherit the kingdom of God. You may have stolen something. It makes no difference the value. Theft is theft. You may have taken God's name in vain. One of the most uh, awful terms that I hear is OMG. We hear that a lot these days. Kids blaspheming God. And they think it's quite all right. And the Bible says that he will punish people that take his name in vain. Go back to the courtroom scenario. If you break the law in the UK you expect to be prosecuted. Sure you may find a liberal, corrupt, secular judge who overlooks your law breaking, but a good judge won't. A good judge has the legal mandate to punish you. How about dishonouring your parents? Not a lot of kids today a are pretty quick to dishonour their parents. They uh, treat their parents with contempt, unheard of. Just a few decades ago, the scripture says to love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, soul and strength. The scripture says to love your neighbour as yourself. And yet people don't want to receive that, they want to knock it out, they want to do their own thing and as a result we have chaos. Just look at any civilization. The moment you take law and order away, it collapses. Look at Iraq. Look at Libya. Look at Venezuela. You take the government away, you collapse the infrastructure, you've got problems. You've got people doing what they wouldn't normally do. And that's why, on the one hand, the law was given. To keep people on the straight and narrow. The law won't save you. Some people think that once they become a Christian, they have to keep the law. They have to go to church, they have to tithe, they have to live a certain way in order to stay saved. You can't keep yourself saved. Once you've broken the law, you are a criminal. Once you've murdered someone, you are a murderer. You might say that was 25 years ago, it makes no difference. You put that down in your job application, put it on your CV sometime, and say you were a murderer and you watch the employers turn you away. You might say that's 25-30 years ago, it makes no difference. Let's say you robbed a bank and you got 8 years for that. Put it on your CV sometime. Tell your potential employer that you robbed a bank. They won't congratulate you, they'll condemn you. They'll find every excuse in the book to not employ you. You see, sin stains. You sin and you live a few more years. And you think you've gotten away with it or what have you but it's still there like murder like armed robbery lying stealing blaspheming trying to be the captain of your own ship trying to do your own thing ignoring the lord that gave you your life that allows you to live some people are able to enjoy a good meal i know one chap He went on holiday with his wife just last year, and not uh, long after arriving, they were having a meal, and she said to her husband, I can't taste my food. And she started to slump into her chair. An ambulance was called for. It turns out she suffered a stroke. And she uh, she, uh, flew back to the UK, and now she can't taste food anymore. She's lost all senses of taste. What a terrible way to be. And yet for 30, maybe 40, maybe 50, maybe 60 years, she enjoyed everyday life. She was active, she was healthy, she had substance to her life until her stroke came along last year. And now she's sick, almost housebound. People think that they came from nothing. People think they can do their own thing, and yet you try that in a court of law. You try and live like you are the captain of your own ship. Within five minutes of arriving in a court of law, you will soon be told to stand to your feet. You'll be told very clearly and unequivocally that the judge is in charge of the courtroom. And you may say, well, Your Honour, I don't recognise your authority. I am able to do my own thing. And I refuse to stand up. And the judge has every right to order you to your feet. That's just from a human perspective. How about a divine perspective? How about arriving in eternity and you get to meet God face to face and you are in the presence of an all-being, eternal God, who's always lived, who will never die, never has, never had a bad thought, never did something which was wrong, created the world, in 6 days and rested on the 7th, sent his son into the human race to live and die for the sins of the world. You can't beat that. You can't come anywhere near that. Like I said, there are many religions in the world today, and yet if you break the numbers down, it's just two. It's just two. One says, do your best, you might make it. The other says, your best is no good. Just trust Christ Jesus. Just believe on him just receive him. It's a free gift. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scripture says that unless a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a free gift. It's a legal transaction. Or let's say I was to give you 10 pounds And I said to you, here's 10 pounds, I care for you. I want to do something for you. And you say that's very kind of you. And then you don't decide to, or you don't take the time out to go to your bank and withdraw the money. It's an insult to me. I've taken the time to put 10 pounds into your account. And you say to me, well, that's all very kind of you, but I'll just leave it there. That's a slap in the face to me. And that's what people do to God. He pays for their sins. His son came to earth, lived a life that you can't live. Fulfilled the law in a way that you could never. Died and and, uh, was resurrected after three days. And the Bible says if you believe that, if you trust that, you are saved and kept saved. And people say, that's all very interesting, but I'm a pretty good person. And the moment they say that, they've got a problem. Because if you say you are a good person, what you are saying is this, that you are just as good as Jesus. And I can tell you something, that even secular people, even atheists or unsaved people, if they've ever studied history, find it very difficult to criticise Christ. Yes, some have tried, but they struggle. They struggle to criticise him. He never lied, he never stole. He never gossiped, uh, gossiped about anyone. He walked in the water. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. I mean, what else could you want? What else could you want? And yet we have a problem today of self. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to live my life. And of course you can. The Lord allows people to do that, but just be aware of this, that when you die, and you will die, I think it's 56 million people die every year. That's 7,000 an hour. That's 150,000 every 24 hours of the day. And you say, where do those people go? Well, if they're not saved, they can't go to heaven because they haven't been forgiven. So where else can they go? Well, they've got to go to hell. Because if they don't go to heaven, They've got to go to hell, and they can't go to heaven because they haven't been forgiven. On top of that, they wouldn't want to go to heaven. For them, that would be hell. And for those in heaven, it would be hell as well. Heaven is a place for the redeemed. Heaven is a place for those that are born again. Heaven is a place for those that love God. Heaven is a place for those that have received what Christ has done for them. I've been saved 15 years. I've been forgiven 15 years. I've been in a relationship with the Lord for 15 years I know that if I was to die today i go straight to heaven. I don't go into the ground, I don't sleep I go straight to heaven. You say why? Because somebody paid for my sins somebody cared enough for me to pay for my sins well let me use this analogy let's say you get a parking ticket and you've got 28 days to pay it and pay it you must the council don't care who pays your fine. It could be you, it could be your wife, it could be your husband, your wife, or say, it could be mother or father, it could be an next door neighbour, they don't care. If somebody pays the fine, as far as they are concerned, judgement has been seen. The law has been fulfilled or the rules have been met. That's what Christ Jesus did. He took a death for every man. He went to the cross, despising the shame. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Bible says, if you come to him, he will in no wise cast you out. I can't stress the importance enough to you people in Bristol, the need to get saved. Look at that Vegas incident just a few days ago. 20,000 people turned up to see a music concert. Some of those people would have spent time saving up, planning to go and see the concerts. And within five minutes of the first song, like I say, some fruitcake, some crazy man opened fire and many died. Tragic. Tragic, awful. A good number of those people cut down in their prime, all ages, and yet the question has to be asked, where are they now? If I was to say to you that Jesus Christ preached more about hell than heaven, would that surprise you? It might to some of you. I would think that people that go to church in the Bristol area may perhaps occasionally hear a full sermon on hell. Jesus Christ said that hell is like a burning fire. He spoke about a man called Lazarus who died, went into the ground and he spoke about Lazarus being able to see, speak, hear and feel and he was begging a man called Abraham, an Old Testament Patriarch, to get some water for him. This was a wealthy man, had a good life, and yet all he wanted now was water, just a drop of water. And he said this, he said uh, to Abraham, please send someone to my brothers. I have five brothers, I can't bear the idea of them coming to an awful place like this. And Abraham said this, he said, well, they got Moses. And the prophets, that's the Old Testament, if that's not enough for them, I can't help you. This is how devastating it is. And this man in hell is begging Abraham to do something for him. He actually thinks that if somebody went from the dead to his uh, brethren, that perhaps they might get saved. You can't blame him for wanting it. But the point is this, Christ has been to the grave. He's come up out of the grave. He commissioned those that saw him those that walked with him those that loved him to write the new testament you've got eyewitnesses that lived with him that dined with him in fact most of the apostles apart from one died they were martyred for their faith in the lord jesus christ and yet if you look at other religions around the world their books their so-called writings were written many times hundreds of years after the death of their leaders and many times written by those that didn't even know the people in question but you've got that with the new testament with the new testament you have eyewitnesses people that lived and even died with the lord so i'll say this and close that salvation is a free gift You need someone somewhere to come alongside you, to defend you, if you will. If you find yourself in a courtroom, you know that you need someone to defend you. You might, perhaps, be able to defend yourself, but I would put it this way. If you were in the presence of a professional prosecutor and a good old judge, you won't last five minutes. Those people are trained. They are trained to prosecute you. They are trained to convict you. You need a defence barrister. A defence attorney. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is that very person. He's the righteous advocate. He's the propitiation for our sins. And not just ours. The sins of the whole world. He won't force himself on anyone. It says over in the uh, book of uh, Revelation how he stands. At the door and knocks. And if any man opens a door, he will come in and sup with such a person. So you have one or two options, my friends. You can either receive what Christ has done for you, and I would hope you would, and I would hope you would go home, those of you which have Bibles, and crack open your Bible. We have some spare Bibles, if you would like, come over and speak to us. Or you can turn Christ down, you can turn the Gospel down, and you can go on living for yourself and you can hope that your works are going to be good enough. But go back to what the Lord is looking at, the thought life. Not just what you do physically, but what you think, and how you think. He would judge your thought life. And if you're not perfect in word, thought, and deed, like 24-7, all of your life, you can't go to heaven. It's as simple as that. Only one person was sinless. Only one person was perfect 24-7, all 33 years of his life, and that person, of course, is Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful gift. Don't turn it down, please. Far too many people on that broad road to destruction, and they think they have all the time in the world, and yet like those people in Las Vegas a few days ago were cut down by an awful man, somebody who was probably a Darwinist and thought he could do his own thing, thought he was his own God, and of course, you know the rest. Nearly 60 dead and hundreds injured. Lives are forever changed. So please think about what you've heard. Today, we're here to preach Christ Jesus. We're not here to preach ourselves. We're not here to push a religion or a ministry. We are here to preach about our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
1: What comes first, baptism or confession? Confession.
0: confession. You think, think so? Oh sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. You don't think so? It's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> you don't know, do you? I do. Well chicken. Yeah, but it had to be an egg
1: before it become a chicken. No, it came the chicken first. Oh, I don't know. The egg came from the chicken? You know the people that go preach the gospel of my No. There? I've never been there before. When, when you see them tomorrow afternoon, they would be there at 12 o'clock. Okay. Go and have a word with them. Because, you reckon, you ain't one again until you're baptised. No, that's not true. Won't we'll have a word with them, and then they'll point it out to you in a Bible.
0: No, he's got a, he's, he's confused. Baptism doesn't save anybody. Paul says he wasn't saved to. He wasn't sent to baptise, but to preach the gospel. You should be baptised, but
1: that won't save you. But the thing is, with that, right? How long did the disciples get tra- take? How long did it take the disciples to get trained up? Three years. Well, w- Jesus the first crowd, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when people Less become, the yeah, 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 so when, when when you actually go out and preach the gospel, you got to be trained up, you've got to be trained up and know what you're saying. Of course, but well, we didn't know, no, did know what are No, I'm not saying that, Yeah. but just out of curiosity, okay. yeah. you, when you go up there and you see them preaching up by there, yeah, you get a uh, guy with grey hair, okay. or you get a black guy, go up and have a word with him about... Um, what comes first, the confession or baptism? Well, we've just answered your question. Confession. No, but, yeah, but I just have a chat. With yeah, us. See sure. What, see what? See Are you born again? Yeah, yeah. Here's a tract. Check it out. No, you had one off you. Okay not. then. You was there about yeah. half eleven, weren't you? Oh yeah, I think I saw you. Yeah yeah, I was sitting. Well, the, the guy I was sitting down with. He's, yeah. he's a preacher, yeah. Okay.
0: So. Uh, well, he's welcome to come and speak to us. We're here for another couple of hours. Well, you're welcome to go and speak to yeah. me as well when you see him. Okay. Yeah? Take care. Take care. So the whole purpose well, of being here today is to get the banner up, speak about life and death issues. A lot of people are caught up in secularism a lot of people are caught up with television, computer games, the internet and yes you can enjoy yourself for a period of time but if it goes beyond that it can become an idol it can take over your life and if you're not careful the next time you turn around you are middle-aged the last 20 years have just gone so fast. I want to read a verse from 1st John. 1st John. And First John is a New Testament epistle. And I alluded to it maybe an hour ago. And I thought I'd just read it in the context. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the perpetuation of our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But that's good news. That tells me a couple of things. Number one, it says that if we sin, and of course we will do, we should stop sinning. There's no excuse to live in sin permanently, like all of the time. And on top of that, when we need someone like an advocate or mediator the most, we have someone there. And my banner says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means number one, he is eternal. Number two, he can intercede. And that's the key word for you people in Bristol today, intercede, to do something on your behalf. When it comes to salvation, there's just no other way to be saved and kept saved outside of the mediation, outside of Christ's role as the eternal Son of God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, now he's righteous. You're not righteous, I am not righteous. He never sinned a day in his life. I don't think there are many people here today that could say with a straight face that they haven't sinned a day in their life. But Jesus Christ never sinned. He was holy 24-7. He did miracles like nobody has ever done miracles. But it's not enough just to accept that. It's not enough just to acknowledge that. You have to do something about that. You have to receive what was done for you. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. So, Christ dies on the cross. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And you say, what's it all about? Well, that's what you would say in hell. And many of you people here today are gonna go to hell. And when you arrive, you'll be saying just that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of the most disgusting terms that I hear is OMG. Everyone says it, no one seems to care about it. And you say, why do people say that? Well, subconsciously, Subconsciously, they're getting ready for hell. Because when people die, and they die without Christ, that's where they're going to go. They can't go to heaven, because they're not forgiven. They're going to go to hell. But you see, you don't have to go to hell. You send yourself there. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. We love him because he first loved us, and after we are saved, we walk in holiness, we walk with him. Are we gonna stumble? Yes. Are we gonna fail? Yes. We're no different to anyone else, but the heart has been changed. We've been born again. We have a new nature. Contrast that to somebody who doesn't have it. An average man, an average woman here in Bristol today, is like a flat balloon, like a flat tire, just dead. There's no life, they are spiritually unable to conceive just a fraction of what I've been preaching about over the last few hours. And that's why the Bible says you must be born again. You must turn to the Lord in faith, you must receive what he did for you on the cross. If you don't, then you stand condemned. In fact, the Bible says you are already condemned. God has already judged you and he's found you wanting. People think that when they get to eternity and they stand in the presence of the Lord that they're going to be able to square it out. They can sort it out. They can talk the way out of it. You can't talk your way out of it. You try going on holiday without a passport. No matter how hard you try, you won't get on that plane. Or you go for a job interview and they say, we want five GCSEs at the level of A to C. And you say, what i got? Grade D, I've got grade E, is that any good? They'll say no. I want five GCSEs, grade A to C. And you think to yourself, I can't apply for this job, I haven't got it. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, if the grades aren't there, you won't get the job. No passport, no holiday. No blood atonement, no heaven. No Jesus Christ, no Heaven. No new birth, no Heaven. The problem of course we have today is that people are very worldly, they're focused on the here and now, and I can understand that, of course I can. It's our job to try and get people to think about the bigger picture, to focus on eternity. Life is so very, very short, go back to that incident in Las Vegas. Late Sunday night, early Monday morning, a well-known concert was taking place, 20,000 people went to see their favourite band perform, and within five minutes, five minutes of the concert beginning, shots are firing out from a hotel room, and you know the rest, many people dead, many more injured, awful, carnage, bloodshed. Those people died, and they said to themselves, I'll be home in a couple of hours, I'll go to work Monday morning, or I'll do this, I'll do that. They were cut down. The Bible says, what is your life? It is but a vapor here today gone tomorrow. You've got no idea when you're gonna die, no idea. One statistic that I heard some years ago said that every hour, 8,000 people die. And every 24 hours, 150,000 people die. At the same time, people are being born. And that shows, number one, that God is sovereign, that he's able to balance the two out. One group die, another group are born. And that's why the human race continues to flourish. But people that are dying, don't all die an old age. Many people die young. Many people die unexpectedly. And they say, well, I've got plans. I want to go to college. I want to go to university. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they cut down. They don't realise. Go back to that crowd in Las Vegas. A lot of young people there. They weren't all middle-aged. They weren't all old people. Young people. Cut down. And this is why it's imperative to get saved. To get born again. Not to put off tomorrow, which you must do today. At the same time, we can't help you we can't assist you when it comes to your salvation that's something between you and the Lord what we can do of course is point you to him that's why that's why we are here today to elevate Christ the scripture says that he, Christ, must increase and I being John the Baptist must decrease you need to humble yourselves stop thinking so highly of yourselves we have a problem in this country of pride, self-righteousness, self-confidence. And I think if you look back over the decades, like during the First World War, when the Second World War, people saw death. Life was a lot cheaper, a lot shorter. And people realized the need to be right with God. We've lost that. We've lost that to so most people are just going about their everyday business without a care in the world. Well, our job, our goal, over the next few days is to try and awaken people's consciences. To call them to repent, to get saved. To turn from unbelief to belief. And to share the good news of Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world. You won't find this anywhere else. Every other faith system on the face of the earth teaches a kind of faith and works package. Whereas the Bible says, forget it, you're no good. You're born in sin, you die in sin. But if you trust Christ, he'll make you alive. And he'll give you a new heart, a new nature. And if you have a Bible, you should read it, check it out. You work to yourself to do that. Some of you people spend a lot of time following music stars and film stars. Some of you people spend a lot of time going to concerts. You take it very seriously. You join fan clubs, appreciation societies. And yet, you won't spend five minutes just looking at the Gospel of John, like chapter 3. What do you have to lose? How about nothing at all? And yet, if you turn it down, you lose everything. The scripture says, how does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? It's devastating. It's devastating. But the good news is that nobody has to perish. If you turn to the Lord in faith, if you trust in him, believe in him, the Bible says you are forgiven. The scripture says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You born again?
1: Is that video of me?
0: Yeah. i am got to be on television. Smile, you're on
1: YouTube. <laughs> oh, hello, praise Jesus.
0: You born again, my friend? I'm filled with the Holy, Holy Ghost. OK, then when were you born again? Today. What what happened? That's well, pretty. Revelation. That's pretty fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: got I don't born know, again today. I, I, I don't know, it's
1: a re, it's a continual process. He you feel
0: every day. Well, he, he gives you new uh, drives every day. He gives you new goals. But the actual birth itself is a one-off act. Oh yeah. Like we say Christ died on the cross once. God created the world once. Well, he gave you the oh, new right? birth once. Oh yeah. It's not a continual Thank process.
1: You.
0: Oh yeah. You you. So like I was saying. When we talk about salvation, it's based on a free gift. It's based on someone doing something for you. And for some people, that doesn't always sit well with them. Some people like to do something themselves. They don't like the idea of someone doing something for them. But think back to 1939, when Britain was at war. And the government at that time had to mobilize over 1 million men to go and fight on behalf of your forefathers, your grandfathers, your grandmothers. And you could have said, well, that's all very kind of them to do that, but I'd rather go myself. And of course you can go yourself, but you can't do it all yourself. Sometimes you need a helping hand. Sometimes you need someone to come alongside you and assist you. And by the end of 1945, the British government sent over 5 million men to fight on your behalf to stand in the gap between you and an evil regime. And the Bible says that Christ Jesus came into the world and he stood in a gap. He tasted death for every man. He did something for you and he did something for me. And yet at the same time, he's a gentleman. Like I said, it says over in Romans, make it make to it Revelation, that he stands at the door and knocks. He waits very patiently. It says that he's not willing, that any should perish. What an awful word, perish. But that all should come to repentance. And you say, what does repentance mean? It means to be sorry for who you are and what you are. See, we have a sin problem. When the Lord takes the time to judge people, it's not just what you've done. It's what you thought. It's what you didn't do. One of the uh, sins that people pay for in hell is cowardly, cowardice. You wouldn't think that being a coward would uh, put you in hell, but it does. It says over in the book of uh, Revelation that the unbelieving go to hell. Those that are cowardly, those that are too scared to believe in the Lord, those that won't serve the Lord, Those that won't open their mouths. They want to cruise through life. They want to enjoy themselves. And The Bible says they are cowards. They love their lives too much. They have a form of godliness. Some of these people go to church. Some of these people are very religious, but they deny the power thereof. They deny what God has done for them. They deny the new birth. And as a result, they are lost. But you see, it doesn't have to be this way. Go back to my analogy of 1939. Someone did something for you. And before you turn your nose up at it, had that not been the case, what would have happened? Well, I would suggest this, that if somebody hadn't gone to a far country for you, Britain would have fallen. And my grandfather went on behalf of my family, and maybe some of your grandfathers went On behalf of your family, on behalf of the country, and whether you like it or not, we owe those men a great level of gratitude. But the greatest gift of all is having my sins forgiven, having your sins forgiven. Like all those lies we've told, all those things we've stolen, blasphemy, people taking God's name in vain. If you were to speak to a Jewish man or woman, they would say this, that God's name is so holy, they won't even pronounce it. They call him Adonai. They call him the Blessed One, the Eternal One. They won't even call him Jehovah. They might perhaps call him God, but that's pretty rare. They have such a high view of the name of God. And that puts, I think, many Christians to shame. Sometimes Christians can be quick with their tongue and say things they shouldn't say and dishonour the Lord but I know one thing I'm not trusting in my works to save me I've been a saved, forgiven sinner for 15 years and the Bible says that if I was to die today I'd be absent from the body and present with the Lord you try and find some other religion that promises you that I'm a student of history I'm a student of religion and I can't find any other religious system in the world that guarantees total forgiveness of all of your past, present and future sins right now. The Catholics can't do it. I was a Catholic before I was a Christian. They say, go to church. They say, uh, have your first communion. They say, uh, go to mass, do penance. And if you're a good boy or good girl, you might spend just a few years a few centuries, in a place called Purgatory, which doesn't exist, incidentally. But the Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. You are a changed person, you now live for the Lord. You have a new heart, you're born again. The Bible says that your sins are being forgiven. Of course, you can turn that down. And you can say, well, when I die, and you will die, I think 56 million people die every year. That's 7,000 an hour. That's uh, 150,000 every 24 hours of the day. And when you die, the Bible says, you go to place... We well, go to one of two places. You either go up to a place called heaven, or you go down to a place called hell. You will live forever somewhere. And you say, why? Well, because God is eternal. And because He is eternal, He's made you to be eternal, because you have a soul. And people speak about being injured in car accidents, and they say this, I can still feel my missing hand, my missing leg. And secular science says, well, that's your nerve endings. How do they know that? The Bible says that your soul is a bodily shape. And if your soul is a bodily shape, then I would suggest that, yes, you may have lost your physical arm or your physical hand, But you still have a soul which, of course, is invisible to the human eye. But we have a problem today of self-righteousness. A lot of people think that they're pretty good, not an awful sinner. And that's possibly half of the story, I'd imagine. Sure, you may not be as bad as maybe uh, Colonel Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein or other tyrants around the world, and I'll grant you that. But the Bible says, that if you hate someone, you are a murderer. Just a thought is what condemns you. You don't have to be an awful person to go to hell. The Bible says, if you break one of the commandments of the Lord, you've broken all of them. And you know, if you have any experience of how the world works, that if you are a lawbreaker, you have to pay for your crimes against the state. And you might say, I don't recognise the court. Well, that's fair enough, but wait wait till you find yourself in that courtroom. It was in uh, 2005 or 2006, Saddam Hussein was captured, put before a court in Baghdad. And Some of you may remember that, it wasn't that long ago. And he said, I don't recognise the court. This court has no authority over me. This is what atheists say. They say, God can't judge me. God has no authority to judge me. And the judge said, shut your mouth and stand up. And for five minutes there was a standoff between Saddam Hussein and his uh, judge in uh, Baghdad. And you know back down? Saddam backed down. He was forced onto his feet. And for the next two years he would defend himself. It was somewhat of a shambolic court case. He thought he could walk it. And eventually he was found guilty of his crimes against the states and they hung him. So people need to realise that. You may think for the here and now, that you can do your own thing. But the moment you break the law of this country, and if you are arrested, and put before any kind of a courtroom, any kind of a judge or magistrate, you will have to give an account of yourself. It's even more severe and strict with the Lord. Never mind what you do, how about what you think? I've already spoken about being a coward, too terrified to believe in the Lord too terrified to pray in front of your family, too terrified to tell your children how to live for the Lord, too cowardly to bow your head and thank the Lord for your dinner, to thank the Lord for your health. Some people have 70, 80 years in this life and they never give the Lord thanks for the very basic things he's given them. And you might say, well, I inherited my genes from your family, Maybe you did, but you're still living, aren't you? You're still breathing, aren't you? At some stage, you need to give God thanks for what he's done for you. But the purpose of us being here today in this beautiful city of Bristol is to preach Christ Jesus. We're not preaching about a church. We're not preaching about joining us or coming alongside us. You may find people in this town, in this city, that want you to to become a member of their clique. They'd like you to start tithing. And once they get their hooks into you, it's very hard to break free. We're not here for that. We're here to preach some good news. That someone cares for you. That someone did something for you. That somebody not only stood up for you in court when you were going to be condemned, but took the punishments upon himself for you. That's good news, surely. Imagine you have a mortgage and you can't make the payments and the bank writes to you and says, you've got X amount of time to make payments. And if you don't, you will lose your home. All for fear of dread. And you know that you can't possibly make the payments. It's too great. You've been laid off work. Your wife is sick. And the bank says, we'll give you 28 days to make payments, and you can't do it. And at the 11th hour, someone steps forward and says, I'll pay your mortgage for you. I'll cover the debt. I mean, talk about gratitude. You're on your face. You're weeping. Your home has been secured. That's just a picture to what Christ has done for us. He tasted death for every man. I mean, do you realise what the cross entailed? It wasn't just a sinless man carrying a cross and being nailed to it for six hours. It was a man who never sinned becoming sin for you, for me. And that's why he would say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He's a place, an unsaved man, a sinner in hell. He's gone to hell in the place of sinners. And the Bible says all of our sins were left in hell. All of our sins were nailed to the cross. This is such wonderful news and yet I'm afraid to say it's neglected by so many churches. So many churches don't understand what salvation is, what Christ has done for us. They have this false notion that if you clean up, if you stop smoking perhaps or stop drinking perhaps, or stop doing drugs, that perhaps you are right with the Lord. It won't cut it. You need to be made clean, born again, regenerated. It's like if I was to give you a gift. Could be ten pounds, could be twenty pounds. And I said that I care for you, like the mortgage analogy, and you thank me for it and I take the time to go to your bank and pay it in but you don't withdraw it. That's a slap in the face to me. It shows that you don't care about me. It shows that you're not particularly grateful. And this is what I think the Lord would uh, say concerning salvation. People turning it down. Or people offering their own good works. Like church attendance or being a good religious person, whatever that means and they actually think that the Lord is pleased with such an attitude. They actually think that he will congratulate people. Can I say this? That God Almighty is looking for perfection. Total perfection in word, thought and deed. Like 24-7 until you have your last breath. You can't match that. You can't be sinless 24-7. You can't go through life without any impure thoughts, any unrighteous anger. But one man did. And that man, of course, is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have some free Bibles to give to anybody that might like some. We have tracts to pass out if you'd like to commentate one. We have good news for the people of Bristol, Christ Jesus dying for the sins of the world, the just for the unjust and it says over in the Gospel of John how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a free gift. And I would hope some of you people at least consider what you've heard over the last few minutes. Life is so precious. You hear one moment and you go on the next. But you're dead a long time. And the Bible makes it very clear that God wants to save everybody. It says how Christ wept over Jerusalem. But at the same time he won't force himself on anyone. And he will allow you to pay for your own sins if you you should so wish. But count me out. I've got no interest in paying for my own sins. My sins were covered by the blood of Christ, and that's the best news that I can offer to anybody here today in Bristol. Some tax right. for me, thanks. you born again, sir? Anything else? I do go to
1: church. Yes. Are you yes. born again? Yes. Been baptised in the last 20 years.
0: Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah. Are you here to preach today? Can I ask? No, no. I'm just wondering. Okay. What, what church you're from? Well, we're, I'm from Manchester. Right. This lady's from Singapore. I yeah, just you. Uh, and we have our yeah, friends yeah. here from yeah. Spain. Right. All Bible-believing Christians, washing yeah. the blood. Right. I know you're washing the blood. You're born again, yes. to say? Yes. Wonderful. Yes.
1: Are you going to uh, do some yes. preaching
0: today? Can I ask? No. no oh. Thank you. No. I'm sorry no, to hear no, that. No. No. I'm off. Thank you. Private religion, maybe.
1: Good afternoon, we are today at Bristol with the desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to all of you. We don't want to see any of you going to hell because you didn't have Jesus in your life. No religion can do that, only the Lord Jesus came for us in flesh, live among us and die in the cross for your sins and my sins, to be forgiven, to give you eternal life. And we want to share this precious message with different people from different parts of the world today in Bristol, because nothing more important than that exists. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, only in Jesus is salvation.
0: The Bible says that God commands all men everywhere to repent. It's a word we don't hear much used anymore. But repentance means to be sorry for who you are and what you are. Repentance from unbelief to belief. Almighty God won't do everything for you. He gives you grace. He draws all men unto himself. But you have free will. And the Bible says that Christ was in every man that comes into the world. He would light every man, every woman. Whoever you are, wherever you are from, that light lives inside you. The brother that just preached is from Spain. And he trusted Christ 30 years ago to be his saviour. And was forgiven, made clean. Because God is God, He can do whatever He chooses to do. The Bible says that He owns the title deeds to the world. We're not here by chance or mistake. The Bible says we were made to worship Him, to glorify Him, to adore Him. But you can't do that until you are born again. In fact, you wouldn't want to do that until you are born again. I can't think of anything worse living 75 maybe 80 years in a country like britain where there are churches in every street corner and free internet for those that want it the ability to go online read the bible in english or any language and just get the very basic understanding of jesus christ i can't imagine people turning that down i mean what else could society offer you? What else can God do for you? He made it possible for people to be saved that wish to be saved. You can go online, read the Bible if you haven't got one. There are so many ministries around the world that will give you free DVDs to start you off. Like I say, we have Bibles. And here's a free Bible. If anybody would like it, my gift to you. There's no excuse. There's no excuse to perish. There's no excuse to face the Lord. When you die, and you will die, we'll all die. And have to give an account of yourself to him. Stuff you did maybe 35 years ago. Stuff which you don't think is wrong, God says it's wrong. God speaks about pride. He's got a lot to say about pride. Self-righteousness being oversure of yourself, refusing to bend the knee, ignoring the Lord. It says in the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, that the Creator knows that the Creator lives. But they turn from that. They find a way out. They create their own religions. They indulge in all sorts of activities which the Lord hates. The best way to explain it would be like this: Some of you have been uh, very privileged to have been raised in good families. You're close to your father, maybe, or your mother. You loved your mother, you loved your father, or maybe both. And your parents are proud of you. And then you got into trouble. You dishonoured them. You upset yourself. You upset your parents. You dishonoured them. And your parents were very upset with you. You failed them. Some people spend their life saving up for their kids to go to university. and They say to their friends and family, my son is going to be a doctor, my daughter is going to be a a veterinarian. We spent years saving up to put our kids to university, and they drop out, they fall out. The parents still love them, of course, but they feel disappointed. And the kids are disappointed for disappointing their parents. That's how it is with the Lord. Once you get born again, He's your father, he loves you. And you start to walk with him, you start to honour him, you try to do your best by him, and for a period of time it goes pretty well, and then you start to fall. You start to stumble, you start to disappoint your heavenly father, and it grieves him. And that's why the Bible says that we, as those of us which are saved, need to confess our sins. I'm sure there are people in Bristol today who are probably born again, but not walking with the Lord. And we're here to speak to you people as well. If you're saved and not walking with the Lord, if you had a fellowship with the Lord, you need to come back into fellowship with the Lord. Don't put off tomorrow what you must do today. I spoke a few minutes ago about that awful event in Las Vegas a few days ago. Twenty thousand people travelled all over America to this music event. I was in five minutes of it beginning a man with 10 guns opened fire and as i'm standing here today the death count is 59. 200 people forever changed wounded some have lost eyes some have lost fingers some are now crippled they are forever changed you can't imagine it can you some of those people went to that concert, and said they'd be home in a couple of hours' time, made plans to see friends and family, and never returned home. Devastating. The police found the shooter, and as they apprehended him, we are told he took his own life. There's no winners. It's just negative. It's dire. It's awful. Sin is like a plague it spreads. And yet in spite of all that, Almighty God continues to reach out His hands. He continues to call on people to repent. He leaves man with a conscience. He leaves man with revelation. There's just no excuse people to live in ignorance indefinitely. There's no excuse to not come to the Lord in order to be saved. A good number of people spend a lot of money consulting professional people like doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists to help them out, to ease their consciences. We have the Samaritans in the UK and they take phone calls from people 24-7. Some people are very worn down with their sins, with their life. How about coming to the Lord? How about receiving Him? How about turning to Him? He came looking for you. The Bible says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He moved heaven and earth to save the world. He now expects the world, on an individual basis of course, to receive Him. To turn to Him. All we can do is preach the gospel, we can preach about your sins, we can preach about my sins, we can preach about everyone's sins, and we do so not to embarrass anybody, but to highlight the Saviour's love for the world. It's not about putting people down, it's about elevating Christ. You owe your debt to someone, and as it currently stands, you are on death row, in a spiritual sense. Some of you may have another 30, 40, maybe 50 years, and then eventually you will pass away. And a question has to be asked, is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you born again? Do you know for sure that if you die today, you go straight to heaven? The Bible says you can know right now. And yet I'm afraid to say some churches have played this down. Some churches have refused to share this message. And they keep, they, uh, they keep people in bondage to a church system. But Jesus Christ said uh, he came to set people free. He said uh, you would know the truth and the truth would set you free. To be born again is wonderful. All of your sins are forgiven. You get a clean slate. You get to live again. You get to start all over again. You get your consciences washed. All of your sins are put to the Saviour. And I would hope and pray that if people here today in Bristol are not saved, they would get saved. And if you are saved, but not living for the Lord, start living for Him. Don't cheapen the grace. And don't turn your back on Him. Receive Him. Believe on Him. Thank you. And the Bible says, you have. You've passed from death unto life. That's good news. Take it today, please. I'd like to read some verses from the New Testament to try and explain why we're here today. 2 Timothy chapter four. 2 Timothy chapter four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they keep themselves teaching, having, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. It's not just enough to say you are born again. You have a great commission to fulfill. The last thing that Christ said to his apostles was to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I can't keep this to myself. I appreciate that it's not a very popular message for today, but it's a popular message for me. Here's a popular message for my friends and family, which are with me today. If someone's done something for you, no matter how minute it might be, the chances are you want to share that with someone. You might want to brag about your wife. You might want to brag about your husband. You might want to brag about your kids doing well at school. You might want to throw a party for a great job coming your way. You want to share with those that you care something which has come your way. Well, for those of us which are here in Bristol today, we want to share what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. We don't kid ourselves. We know that sin is a problem. It's not something to be taken uh, lightly. Somebody somewhere has to pay the consequences of the wrong that we do. And God gives you one or two options. Number one, He will allow you to speak for yourself if you want to. But if you've ever seen any crime programs or movies over the years, and you can picture a courtroom, you've got the judge, you have the uh, defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney in the UK we call such barristers of course and it always makes for good television and the assailant is brought into the courtroom and they read the charge against you and they say Mr. Smith is guilty of A, B and C or Mrs. Smith is guilty of A, B and C and it doesn't look particularly good if you go back to 1946 at the end of World War II. The Allies decided to put the uh, Nazis on trial for their crimes against uh, humanity. And those men arrived in uh, Nuremberg, South Germany. And some of them, can you believe, pleaded not guilty. Some of those men were unrepentant. And the American and the Russian and the British uh, prosecuting teams had a field day with those men. They had video of the concentration camps. They had signed documents. They had sworn testimonies. And you could tell within five minutes that such people didn't stand a chance. And yet the audacity of some of these people. I'm not guilty. You can't prosecute me. You have no authority over me, like Saddam Hussein a few years ago in Baghdad and they were forced to their feet. And by the end of 1946, a good number were found guilty. Some were hung. I know Goering got away with it, but the others didn't. Some did 10 years, some did 15 years, some did 20 years. You see, it's like hell. There's different levels of hell. But those men were judged right down to the most minute fact, document signs. Conversations. he was seen here, she was seen there you even had female concentration camp, uh, camp guards called to stand trial it was the trial of the century really nobody got away with anything and even those that got lenient sentences were haunted, they were scarred by their role in World War II, and some of those men lived very tortured lives up until their deaths, some 20, 30, 40 years later. You'll picture the Great White Throne Judgment, if you will. It speaks about every word, every thought, every deed being brought to the light. And that wasn't bad enough, you'll be in the presence of Almighty God with his angels, possibly the church, the redeemed, those which are truly born again and the scripture speaks about having to give an account of yourself to him. But what can you possibly say? What can you say? What could Saddam say? What could uh, the Third Reich say? There was a guy just a few years ago from, I think it was Liberia, an African state. I think his name was Charles Taylor. He was a war criminal and he went to the Hague, the international international uh, Tribunal for Human Rights, I think it's called, and Charles Taylor arrived, a very humble man. He wasn't as arrogant as Saddam. He wasn't as arrogant as Goering and some of his lieutenants, and he had to plead guilty. He knew that the evidence against him was overwhelming. And that court case ran for, I think, two years. And of course, in the end, he was found guilty and I seem to recall he got 35 years in jail. I would imagine he'll die in jail. And yet in some ways he got off quite likely because in Europe they don't believe in the death penalty. I've just given you three court cases over recent uh, decades. Not thousands of years ago, just a few decades ago. Guilty people, Some more guilty than others, all finding themselves in courtrooms. I don't think Saddam Hussein ever thought he'd be arrested and put before a court in Baghdad. At the peak of his uh, time in office, he was the most powerful man in Iraq, but he fell and he was forced to bend the knee. The Third Reich were the most powerful and feared men in Europe, but they fell. They were forced to bend the knee and the Bible says that the name of Jesus every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and Charles Taylor, like I say from Liberia, I seem to recall would also have to give an account of himself at the uh, International uh, Court for Human Rights in uh, The Hague it's fascinating, isn't it, how thorough courtrooms are how detailed some of these uh, court cases can uh, how much detail they can go into it's fascinating and it's also fascinating how much money is made available to examine these people and cross-examine these people and yet even those criminals that i've just mentioned they all had uh, defense barristers defense lawyers And yet, for all of them, it made no difference whatsoever. Well, I can say this to you and I'll close. The Bible speaks about a mediator between God and man. The Bible says that when you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. There's no point going to your church. There's no point going to any place of worship, of any religious system and trying to get your sins dealt with there. It makes no difference, it can't be achieved. Your sins, first and foremost, are towards God. And therefore God has to either forgive you of your sins or condemn you for your sins. Well, praise God, he's decided to forgive people. He has decided to overlook your sins. But what a price it came at. It would involve the death of his only begotten son dying on a Roman cross, naked, becoming a sin offering, which pleased Almighty God. And the Bible says that, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's good news. That's good news. That means quite simply this, that Almighty God, number one, became a man, number two, took all of your sins upon him. Number three, became a sin offering. John the Baptist says, uh, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And after dying on the cross, was buried, and three days later was raised from the dead. That's called, that's called the uh, resurrection. And every year we celebrate that, the glorious doctrine of Christ's resurrection, resurrection overcoming death. But I know people are very complex. I know people don't want to hear this. Some people have been lied to—that there's no hell. Some people believe in uh, other fables and uh, fairy tales, what have you. And therefore, all we can do is preach the gospel in season and out of season, and do the work of an evangelist. And by the grace of God, that's what we will do today, tomorrow and the next several days. Bible tract? How to be born again? I know how to be born again. Okay. <laughs> Would like to give it to somebody who doesn't know? Maybe leave it on the bus? Is that Question possible? Is, do you know? Well, of course. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, do you know in your own heart? Of course I do. The Bible says if you have the Son of God, you have life. Yeah, no Son of God, no life. Yeah, but to be born again means...
1: Means you, It doesn't mean you go into your mother's womb the second time. No, of course it doesn't. That's it's not a spiritual what, birth.
0: That's not what it means. The Bible says, for by one spirit are we all baptized uh, into no, no, one body. No, no, it doesn't say that. First uh, Corinthians 12, Ephesians no, no. 4, 4. Yes it does. No, you, it's you a read, spiritual act. I think if you read Romans 5 verse 8 you'll get a different... That, you mean chapter 6? <laughs> <laughs> ...one
2: of the ways we know that is Lazarus is named. And, and so, you know... He, he, he explains that Abraham and Lazarus were on one side of the chasm and there was the
0: rich man inside. He was burning. And he said, Oh, you know,
2: please have Lazarus. So he was still bossing him around a bit. Tell me, he sent Lazarus down to, him, to my brothers. Message, madam. Five brothers and my Thank you. From here. God bless you. And, 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 they, 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 and Abraham
0: said, You know, ask a message. Said, there's, the
2: there's a no way that you know, They won't listen to the most. They're not going to you know? yeah, listen <laughs> to anything. Yeah, they didn't have to go part of it, didn't they? there was a hell. I mean, it was a, it was a holding place for the real hell. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, at the no, end of no, no, the no, time, no, God will throw hell into the lake of fire where it was prepared for example, the
0: devil and the angel. What the message?
2: There. People will die eternally,
3: so they'll be forever. Yeah, yeah. That's when, when I came out torture. Now it was a case of you wouldn't exist no more.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. That's calling out annihilation, but that's not what the Bible teaches. <laughs> there are some people who to say that. But that's what Jesus, loves. God. Jesus God. taught. You to be eternal. Yeah, eternal banishment. He, he can tell you some of the verses. I can't yeah, remember them. Eternal,
3: I'm too old now. <laughs> eternal banishment, meaning like you know, that's it. You're gone. That's it. No, no. More, I wish it was. I wish in. that. Yeah, I wish that was, that, that was that the case.
0: We wish, we wish that the Bible says, the worm will never die. Mark chapter nine. Satan's going to be crushed within. Uh, apparently, no, he I, God not. not yet deter- he hasn't been. Yeah, but he, he will be. I know immortal he's on the earth at the moment. He goes to hell. You're right. He does go to hell, but he doesn't. He doesn't burn up. He lives forever because our souls are eternal.
3: Aye, uh, yeah, but Satan, it says in the Bible, I will crush
0: It's, cause it's cru- Romans chapter 16. Yeah, he will about.
3: crush his head.
0: Yeah, but not yet though, but he will do. That, yeah, yeah, that no. means put him out of action. He doesn't cease to exist. No, no one ceases to exist, whether you're saved or unsaved. If you're saved, you're, you, you are forever with the Lord. So where will he be then? If you are you're saved, in the lake he's going to be in hell. In the lake of fire. Satan goes to hell forever. Because he's he's you know he can't be redeemed. In the lake of fire. Where's this lake Revelation. Under your feet. Like Revelation under your feet.
3: Uh, 19 or 20? Let really me type that in, so there in that I haven't even started with my Bible mind. I'm only on Hebrew. I've got to
0: Hebrew. It's sort of for Matthew. Yeah? Where's start start, start, John. John. start, oh, start in John. Starting John. I'm up to Hebrews. Yes. Start, start in John.
2: But did you read John already? No, John, that's right. Matthew,
0: Mark, Luke and John. Start in John. Start in John yeah. and go backwards, because Matthew's oh, gospel backwards. is to the Jews. <laughs> yeah. John's gospel is more in line with the Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, by the way, you're a Gentile. Some people don't know the difference. Sorry,
3: I don't know about that. So yeah. start in
0: John then go and go
3: from John onwards.
0: Down. Yeah, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 20 it speaks about the second death, and it's a, it's, it's it's uh it's forever. There's test. no end.
2: Revelation. Mm-hmm.
3: 19
2: verse 20, uh, these were both
0: got a great white fire in, judgment, into a
2: lake of fire bri- burning with brimstone. 19 verse 20, that's the, uh, maybe one of the references. And I chapter know,
0: 20, great first. white fire judgment. judgments.
2: It says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he had laid a hole on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And then it talks about the thousand years, and then it talks about the after the thousand years, he was least
0: loosed a little. After the uh, during the millennium. Uh, right, after the right. millennium. After millennium.
2: And then it said, then it says, when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be That's loosed out of his prison, go out to deceive the nations. On and, on. and then it says here in ten twenty ten, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever oh, and ever.
0: It's horrible, isn't it? It's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> but, but, but nobody has it's to go there. The price has to go is paid. There. For our sins. That's the good news. That's what I'm trying to explain to people yeah, today. Yeah. It's a yeah. free gift. And if people could get that, well, what more could you ask for?
3: No, that's it. And someone I heard recently say, what if it all this turned out to be a big sham? Now, I know it is isn't myself as well. Yeah. But if, so what if it wasn't?
0: We've it? lost nothing. It, yeah, because we've we've got, lost we've nothing. We've gained so much through it. Happiness, like, you know? contentment. Yeah, that's yeah. so much
2: we've learned. Like, Have you been yeah? born again or do you understand the concept? Or? What would you say? You gonna try to bring me oh. in, there. No, and in there? I'm wondering. I'm uh,
3: wondering. I'm doing something with some people, but I'm trying to keep open-minded to everyone. I, I don't want to be like you know what well, yours is wrong and that's wrong because that's what causes wars, isn't it?
0: That's that's organized religion.
2: That's organized religion. I was a Catholic, but I didn't like
3: that when I was a younger. Yeah, yeah. So was I. we were ca- I was
2: Catholic too.
3: Yep. But Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on my door. No, yeah. you might have heard me. No, I know. These, Stay away from them.
2: Yeah, stay no. away. They twist the scriptures. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't
3: tamper with them whatsoever. They that do. The,
2: the, the, yeah, they have. They just put... How the do you, Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Did he go online? The guy... I, I, my husband and I translated a di- the Dictionary of uh, it's called Dictionary of Cult, Sex, and the Occult. And describe the guy who started it and how he claimed to know Greek and how he changed you know, yeah, he, he, he did his own version but in the ju- they they took him to court and the guy tried to make him read in Greek, he couldn't. Or he and they asked him the alphabet, he couldn't even say the alphabet. Yeah. He didn't know Greek. He was it was a complete lie. Yeah. Now most of the people in Jehovah's just don't know many of these things. So anyway, go ahead and tell me what you were saying. Get there God,
3: no. <laughs> no no no. Go on. Um no, so you stay away good? from there and no, you stay, no? No, 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 what's good for me is I'm still learning about the Bible. That's fine, that's, nice yeah, that's fine. So that's I, I, I'm not committed to becoming a, a Jehovah's witness, but what they're teaching, and to their coming around and just helping me out with the Bible readings, that's what's helped me to get into it and to understand what God's Word. Uh, yeah. what I'm learning about it, and I find it so helpful within my own life, and my own life is like turning around, but I'm trying to remember, like, you, you know, you, you're committed to God
0: Matthew. It's not about you, yeah. Is have you received all- Christ's gift? That's the question yeah. to See, ask. the
2: thing is that they for example they, the one of the things that Jehovah's Witnesses um, mislead yes, people madam? is that they will say that Jesus was a created being and he is not God. They don't believe in the Trinity. No, they so don't say that.
3: They don't right say that. They say that they do. Uh, uh, they say in, that in they their
0: writings. Do the ones do? They say it's Michael the Archangel. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to world religions, the Jehovah's Witnesses are the most mixed up out of all of them, as as the lady said here. They lied about the knowledge of oh, Greek and Hebrew. That. I really like these guys.
3: We they're probably
2: really nice. Now. They've been really nice people probably. They're lovely yeah. people. they
0: yeah, are. But they're they deceived. Are, they're but deceived. But they don't ask they're for the collections. It doesn't matter. Oh, no, no, no. I, mean, that, 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 I know. That's they're deceived. Thing that they, they have another to, God.
2: But they, See, the thing is that our sin is eternal because we sinned against an infinite God. That's right. It's eternal. And so the only way that Christ could be paid, it's like yeah. a debt.
1: Yeah.
2: It could only be paid by Someone else who is eternal, who can pay an eternal debt. And
0: that person debt. has, that to, has be to be God.
2: Has to be God Himself. That's right. But so only God could pay it, because otherwise, if He was to, if He was not eternal, if He was not uh, uh, um, infinite, He couldn't pay the debt. He wouldn't have enough. He wouldn't have enough to offer.
3: I think for myself.
2: That's where they. That's where they err.
3: My thoughts. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm,
3: I think if we just study the Bible, God's mm-hmm. Word. Yeah. That's good enough for me.
2: Yeah, I think I that's absolutely to commit, true. I don't
3: have to, get to commit to no organization. you have to apply it. But,
0: but you apply don't, apply don't read
2: their, their, their version. Oh, that's what I mean. You no, to no, do no. it.
0: I know that yeah. I'm doing that. Okay. Right, you know?
2: Don't don't read their version because they... Apply, and it's they hard to apply it. Hard. Yes, it's it is.
0: Awesome, yes, awesome. you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. But that's
2: not how you're saved. You don't no. get saved by applying it. No. You're, you're saved by being born again, believing, trusting on the Lord Jesus Christ that he's
3: died for No, it's Watson here. And he can read our hearts, can't he? So do you... Have yes. a sense
2: of sin? Do you have like a feeling you're a sinner? Do you know that? I you know. We're that?
3: all born sinners, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, of course. So Adam and Eve and whatnot get that Well, they that weren't apple.
2: born. They weren't born. Well, no, they weren't born.
3: <laughs> they were born. And they and fell. And they, they fell later. Yeah, they yeah. yeah. fell. The, the only apple, one that like. did it was Jesus Christ. That's
2: well, why it wasn't he wasn't just the yeah, apostles. He's he he in say. the desert,
3: didn't he? Like, he said, "Nope." Yeah, yeah that's right. He's gone, like didn't he? What
2: Bible are you? I got a word
3: in there. That's good. Very good, very good, very that's good. very good,
2: teacher. So, see, this is a good verse, okay? It tells you. I, I know. You that yeah. Jesus, Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever, He's always been around, that's and right. that's why the Jews were so angry at Him because He was claiming, you claim to be like God, because He claimed to be before Abraham. He he yeah. Before? He said the Abraham Father and was, I are one.
0: What a he, statement to make! He
2: said, I'm, 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 Who said this? Jesus,
0: Jesus the Father John and I are 17. one. John chapter ten. So before Abraham was, I am. And that yeah, term I am eight, means the eternal God. Oh,
3: Father no. and Son, it is kind of one. Two really. people, but
0: one God. Yeah, but two people. Same in essence substance. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are three right. things, aren't they? Three it? people, the one God.
2: Sorry.
0: Yeah, three people, one God. When you say yeah. three people, what do you person. mean three people? Well, Jesus three Christ person. was a person, yeah. God the Father is a spirit, yeah. and the Holy Ghost is God's third so part, part of the Godhead. Force, like it's four. Well, no, we don't call it God's active force, we call it the
3: Holy Spirit. I think we all got these ideas. You're right. It's it? not a forest, but and I'm like that.
0: Well, I think it's, it's a person. Okay. He's a person. He's a person. our own views. But it we, says like, in the
2: bo- yeah, no, I know. why no, no, yeah, right. yeah, I, I, I like to, to, to. I do don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: who knows? Well, who really he, knows. The Bible, <laughs> the Bible Everything tells The Bible
2: does us. say that he, the the Holy Spirit can be grieved.
0: And you can and lie he to can him.
2: He can be sorrowful. He can sorrow. We can lie to him. He and he, you know, convicts us. He consoles us. That can not be done
0: by a rock He or by or by wavelengths.
2: It can't be done by energy, right. it can't be done by force, it has to be done by something that is at least as intelligent as we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it can't possibly be a force, it has to be a person, it has to, be, has to be intellectual, it has to be
3: intellectual,
0: it has
2: to be a mind. So, but anyway, yeah, you know, a what Bible are you expanse,
3: reading? Um, if that's the word, than ours, like, yeah. we can only think so far, can't we?
2: Right. Whereas we're we're
3: finite. We're yeah, finite. limited. We're limited. <laughs> Spontaneously
0: combust. That's the way. Well, check, <laughs> check us out. That's our website. He's is, just got is, some is great studies, and
2: you can compare. His name
0: Matthew, did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, I'm James. That's my website. Oh, check geez, ch- check me it. out sometime. Where, where do do you write you, want, to him. I'm from, your I'm from Manchester. I'm from
3: Manchester. Let me get word in. Where, I'm sorry. Oh, that was good. I like that. Where do you, what, what do you study from? The King James? Yes. Yeah? Well, ah, that's good.
0: We are King James Bible believers. Oh, no, We've looked right. at like that. other translations. But the King James, we believe, is God's perfect word in, English, you, in you, English.
3: Yeah. But they are, yeah. That's right,
0: yeah. The, the JWs have what's called the New World Translation. It's an horrendous version. It's not even a Bible version, really. It's just a travesty. And the guy that translated it was an excommunicated Catholic priest who was into uh, spiritualism. Yeah, they so they got an awful foundation of Jehovah's people. Witnesses. Yeah. Nice people, I'm sure. They're very nice but people. But they're deceived. But... Mm. As I was, before I was, I was a Catholic, I was deceived. Mm. Catholic, she was mm. deceived until we met Jesus Christ. Mm. It's through a free gift, it's through the new birth. The Bible's the free gift, isn't it? That's what we need. Well, the word of God is the I written know, word. Then we got to apply it. We got to read it, and then we got to apply it, and we feel it got to feed it, Lord. That's what we got, got to trust that. Christ. Matthew what he tells us trust, trust Christ who yeah. died in your place.
2: Yeah. He's your yes, best friend. Yeah, he He's your older friends brother. Friends,
0: brother. Trust Him. believe in him. That's what we got to do. It's a free gift. He died in your place, literally. And if you trust him, you you pass from death onto life. It's a free. It's a free gift. No, no religion can help you. I can't help you grow as a Christian. Only it's you can like do it yourself. Coming,
2: it's like coming below an umbrella that protects us from the wrath of God. It's like let's imagine the sun is so burning hot it's like coming below an umbrella that helps you to understand that that is what protects you you come you come below and and you are now don't receive that wrath anymore now your your the lord comes the holy spirit and dwells in you and the, and the and jesus christ saves you from your sin i mean it's something you don't entirely understand when it happens but um you all of a sudden realize you know i can't i can't do this I can't do this. There yeah. has to be somebody, something I else, need help and with it, has an infinite, it has to be an infinite, has to be infinite being. Right. Otherwise, how could, how, I mean, if you have a debt, so you're handing that over,
3: debt, and away, aren't you? Yeah, you're, handing over, your, you're, you're handing over your, you're yeah. handing
2: over your sin and saying I'm not, I'm not, mm. I can't make, I can't reach heaven, I can't reach the Father, because I'm so sinful that I just can't make it. And you need somebody else to pay it. It's like you, you were explaining about the mortgage. Explain what you're saying. Yeah, I
0: mean, if you have a mortgage, you can't pay it. You know, your mortgage, you lose your house. But if somebody steps forward and says, "I love you so much, I'll pay your mortgage for you," only a fool would say no, thank you. Uh, well, yeah. our sins are infinite because we've sinned against an no, eternal God. No, no, no. But if we receive what He's done for us, He can pardon us and still be God. Mm-hmm. He's still God, you see. He doesn't. He doesn't know His standards for anyone. Mm-hmm. The law is broken, so He pays it Himself. And He could pay well, it's because it because He could pay it. The blood he gave of Christ.
3: Off his only son. That's right. Yeah. I think he, about
0: it with my son.
3: I've never got a son. I try to think about I me mean, give up what? It's hard. It it's hard. They uh, did that like for yeah. us, though, yeah. you know.
2: You know, the Jehovah Witnesses, one of the things that they they are really big on is the value of the blood. And that um, that is Jesus Christ's blood he had to be sacrificed. That's what saved us. You know? And that that is really um, in a in a way, we don't. I don't think we totally understand it. We'll never totally understand it. It's so infinite. It's God. God through Jesus Christ paid the price. Right, the price, the debt, the, the stain, the punishment, whatever you want to. You know, it's so many words you can use.
3: He's got so many facts, Anyway, anyway...
0: Oh, it's lovely talking to you. Yeah, nice lovely to talk to you too. For Listen,
2: look, it is, he's Check
0: us out, got, X Cadence of Christ. you
2: If you're reading one of his books... Any questions, book, like drop Hebrews, me a line. Like re- you're reading Hebrews now, right, you I'm said? Okay, fan. he's got a study. Yeah, you, can a go study. YouTube. you can go to YouTube. Just put in Hebrews, find it's his study. It's a five-hour
0: five study. And and take, you take your time with it. And
2: if you write to him, he'll answer you. We're not finding a study on
0: here, yeah? Yeah, on YouTube.
2: You'll
3: find everything on our
0: website. Nice to meet you as well, alright? Have a lovely day! You lot.
2: Bye!